Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. to get right into it on this episode of Believe in Titans with the usual lineup. Former Titans cornerback Denard Walker, John Glennon of the Nashville Post, and I am David Beauclair. And this is the first episode post Mike Vrabel. In case you were under a rock for the last day or two, Mike Vrabel has been fired. This is not a mutual parting of the ways. This is not uh, this has not been characterized as anything other than the man who coached this team for the last six years, who went 54 and 45 in the regular season with a couple of playoff victories to boot. The man who won, led this team to two division titles, was NFL coach of the year. All of that has been fired, and the Titans are moving on. John Glennon, in a couple of years, does Amy Adams Strunk regret this decision, or does she look back and say it was the right move? Well, I mean, I guess if Amy Adams Strunk makes a great hire, uh, you know, she can say she made the, the right move. Uh, I, I personally think this was the wrong move. Um, and uh, I, I think it goes back to, you know, what, what you touched on there when, when you were sort of introducing the, the Vrabel topic. Um, I, I think that anyone who has shown kind of the sustained pattern of success uh, that, that Mike Vrabel has deserves benefit of the doubt of the doubt rather deserves an opportunity to uh, to kind of work himself out from the the difficulties he's had the last two years and and Mike Vrabel is a guy that has certainly shown a sustained pattern of success in, in a lot of ways you know obviously it's very similar to John Robinson and I'm probably in the minority uh you know but but I felt that that John Robinson's firing was was the wrong move uh as well based on based on a similar argument um, you know, Mike Vrabel had had four winning records, three playoffs, two AFC South titles, AFC championship game. As you mentioned, he was coach of the year just a couple years ago. When you have done that, I, I think, you know, the, the owner has to say, OK, yeah, we've had a couple of bad years and they were bad years, 13 and 21 overall. Uh, they've struggled. But but the owner, I think, has to say, I'm going to give you the the opportunity to to work your way back out of that. Uh, because, in my opinion, uh, the the last two years have been caused more by injury and from poor roster construction than it has been from from poor coaching. You know, I, I like the fact that players were still playing hard for Mike Vrabel. Uh, they liked playing for Mike Vrabel. So, you know, I I, I think it's uh, it was the wrong move. I would have stuck with Mike Vrabel, given him another year to uh, to work things out. I think he's still an excellent coach. Here's my here's my issue with it. Um, and, you know, we, we obviously have talked about this in recent weeks. It's not like this came completely out of nowhere. There there has been seeds of discontent on one side or the other or both or however, you know, however you want to characterize this. There there was some level of discomfort that was obvious. But uh, but Amy Adams Strunk doesn't seem to know what she wants this team to be or or what you know I, I, and and it's 
And it's hard to get a feel for it because she won't put herself in front of the media and, and ask these questions. Now, you know, we've we've addressed this before. She's obviously uncomfortable doing so um, and, and doesn't like doing that. So as a and, and I guess I guess from her perspective, it's maybe it's maybe not wise sometimes to do that because you can make matters worse as what I guess the team sees as a compromise. She posted a short video interview with Mike Keith on the team's website and the socials. And, uh, you know, and Mike Keith asked the question specifically, he said, can you tell us the reason or reasons that you decided to make this change? Which, of course, is one of the questions that needs to be asked. Now, she didn't really answer the question other than to say, it's just something that I felt like had to happen. And and in that situation, then Mike Keith doesn't press her on it the way she would be pressed in a, uh, in a media conference kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of left hanging in the air there and, and nothing that she said had any sort of real meat to it. I, I, I thought in, in terms of, you know what what she expects from this team other than she says well we have really high expectations well okay so does everybody else in the NFL but when you know if if you talk about a Mike Rabel for example Mike Rabel will tell you what he thinks is winning football and and it's about it's about the details it's about playing hard to or, you know as he likes to say play to the echo of the whistle and and uh you know you 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 don't beat yourself and and you you look at the things that this team accomplished under Mike Vrabel right they they have a uh, they have a 545 winning percentage overall which i i mentioned at 54 and 45 he is the uh, he's the third winningest coach in franchise history but the, but he his his winning percentage in games decided by 7 points or fewer is even better at uh, 56.9% and his winning percentage in games decided by three points or fewer is even better than that. At 18 and 13, they, it, it's a 58% winning percentage. So, you know, given given the competitive nature uh, of the NFL and 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 how many games are close on a week to week basis, he had a formula. He had a he he had a proven track record that that he can his teams can do what it takes to win games and, and particularly these close games that, that make or break a team's season. And, 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 uh, and so now the question has to be asked, well, if Mike Vrabel's not the guy for you, what are you, what are you looking for? What do you expect? And, and she, she hasn't answered that question. Rand Carthen didn't answer that question. John, I know you were in attendance at, at Rand's press conference, uh, uh, you know what was what was sort of the feeling in the room there? It, 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 I, I know as I watched it online, I was underwhelmed. Absolutely underwhelmed. I, I, I thought it was uh, thirty minutes of of bland, vanilla uh, answers for the most part, deflecting responses. Uh, nothing really. Again, nothing. No, no meat on the bone. Nothing you could uh, you could say that was really significant. I thought the most significant. Part of that that um, Rand Carthen presser was the very beginning when he at least addressed you know the speculation and rumors that that he and Mike Vrabel didn't have a good relationship. You know that was honest speech. You know we didn't get Mike Vrabel's side, but still we got Rand Carthen saying I've got a good relationship with Mike Vrabel personally, uh, professionally. We never had any blowups. I wanted to dispel the thought that there's any any uh, you know. 
friction between us in, in that regard. Uh, and from there, it, it went downhill. Uh, you know, he, he is clearly a guy that, that likes to, to keep things close to the vest in terms of sharing with the media, which, as we know, is, is a conduit to the fans. So even the most simplest questions, uh, you know, such as what is the, the, the franchise's vision moving forward at, at this very vital time as you're looking for a new coach? Well, he couldn't answer that question. He said, we've got that vision. We There's a definition. But we're not going to give it to you now. We'll let you know after the head coach is hired. Uh, you know, which, which, you know, if, if I'm a, uh, if I'm a fan out there, if I'm paying money for a season ticket holder, I would like to know what the franchise vision is moving forward. Uh, and and then another simple question that that he failed uh, uh, to answer was another simple one. Uh, it was, what characteristics do you want to see in a new head coach? Not not saying whether you know do you want an offensive guy or defensive guy. Just simply, what characteristics do you like in in a head coach? Well, we can't get into that right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that. We'll let you basically said the same thing. Sort of, we'll let you know the characteristics we want in a head coach after we hire the head coach. Well, thanks. That that's gonna help everybody out. You know, a whole bit at that point. So, uh, you know what what I go back to you know to try and figure things out again. I guess. The statement that she put out, that Amy Adams Strunk put out, is kind of the one thing that that maybe gives me a little bit of clarity. And and part of it, she said, you know, as the NFL continues to innovate and evolve, I believe the team's best position for sustained success will be those who empower an aligned and collaborative team across all functions. There we see the, that buzzword again that we saw all all the time when it came to uh, uh, getting rid of John Robinson last year, that's collaboration. So as best I can tell, uh, you know, Amy Adams Strunk was maybe a little tired of Mike Vrabel being the guy that kind of sucked the oxygen out of the room for everybody else, Um, you know, and and saying, hey, I'm willing to tolerate Mike Vrabel being that kind of guy when he is winning games. I'm not really going to tolerate it after two seasons of, of losing. I want, uh, you know, I want a more collaborative team. That is apparently something Rand Carthen excels at. We'll see if that works for winning football with the decisions he makes and the and the team he gathers, you know, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I, I take a quick pause here to note that we have lost Denard Walker. He is endeavoring to get back in here, and as soon as he does, if he does, we will uh, we will include him in this conversation. But we will we will soldier on at this point, just the two of us. Um, and and you know, to to that end, though, I I just. I, I wonder again, I wonder about Amy Adams Strunk and and what she's looking for because you know, it was just a couple of years ago when John Robinson sat at the scout, scouting combine and when when was asked about the the support that he had gotten from ownership and whatnot, he he got emotional and, and you know, like it was clear these two had such a relationship and then a short time later, boom, he is gone. And uh and and Mike Vrabel seemed to be the, the greatest thing on earth in Amy Adams Strunk's mind. And 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 just like that, you know, he's gone. It it, it almost puts me of a mind in this franchise history of uh of Bum Phillips. You know, Bum Phillips was a beloved coach in Houston for oh by the way six years 
who uh and he didn't even have he didn't even have the losing seasons he got fired after an 11-5 and and, and a playoff meltdown uh you know Amy Adams Strunk's father Bud Adams kind of lost his mind and, and fired Bum Phillips and and that sent the uh that sent the franchise into a tailspin where they went through three coaches and no playoff appearances or winning seasons over the next six years and uh and you you worry that uh that that that's where this team might be headed right now because uh you know the the reaction around the league was was pretty stirring i i thought one of the most interesting pieces i read was charles robinson on yahoo sports who who is uh who has been long time connected to to league executives he he ran down some of the interactions he had with people around the league one one of whom said simply you're shitting me at the news that Vrabel had been fired another who told him unbelievable the guy's a phenomenal coach what a crazy bu- business he'll he will have a job in 5 seconds big mistake on their part and then another person who said the titans just got a lot worse and a few of those coaching searches just got a lot easier so uh, you, you know the uh, the the reputation is certainly well established and it it feels like this is a uh, this is a big gamble, and and as Denard Walker is is back in here with us now, Denard will, you know, we'll just ask you what what kind of we've been talking about here in the next couple of years. Will Amy Adams Strunk regret this move, or or is she more likely to uh, to say no? Look, I I did the right thing. Not if the coach they bring in, if he's winning, then it's a great decision because, you know, in the NFL, David, it's all about production and it's about winning. That's all that matters. And coaches will tell you that. And uh, whoever they bring in, uh, uh, whatever coach comes in, it's all going to be about, uh, it's going to be about uh, the wins and the loss columns. That's just the way it works. Nobody cares about your past in this game. It's only your present that matters. We we talked about (laughs) the possibility of this last week. You know, how how likely did it seem to you or, or were you shocked by the news Tuesday that uh, that this had actually happened? I'm not shocked at all. I'm not shocked. Uh, I mean, it, it we kind of saw it coming. I mean, the last two seasons, this is a team that uh, they haven't been very productive on the field. You look at last year, seven and nine. And, is that right? And then they had a chance to win at the last game in Jacksonville. Unfortunately, there was now, what, three quarterbacks that they u- used last year? That's right. And you look at this year, I mean, what is it, 6 and 11? Yes. And you're talking about, and really they played their best game Sunday, or at least for three quarters. So they've been kind of, it's not a been a, it's not a been a good thing for the last two years for the Titans organization. So when, and I actually was reading something, David, and she said, listen, she didn't make her decision overnight. She's been, she's been based her decision on really the last two years. So I kind of saw it coming after reading her, uh, reading a couple of articles uh, from her. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this though, you know, like every every team is the NFL is designed right to to make sure nobody sort of has a Patriots like run if you can all if if you can help it or or what the Chiefs are doing right now. You know, you're supposed to go through ebbs and flows, and uh, and certainly this franchise did it with Jeff Fisher. When you look at some leaner years, like in in 2004, 2005, say, and uh, and then they come back 
2007 they make the playoffs 2008 they are uh they are the the best team in the nfl during the regular season at, at 13 and 3 with oh by the way a, a terrific offensive line that year uh, and you you know th- this this season to me felt similar to some of those lean years uh, i mean ha- there's a lot of coaches for whom players on a on a team playing out the string would not be the better team against Jacksonville from start to finish of that game the way the Titans were on Sunday in that 28-20 win. There's there's a, not a lot of teams that would have come back from 14 down on the road against Miami with 3 minutes to play. I you know, it this is not a case clearly where where Mike Vrabel had lost the room in in any way shape or form. Um so it, it 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 does feel like it does feel like a risk, but you know, let's give Amy Adams strong credit. In 2018, or following the 2017 season, she listened to John Robinson, fired Mike Malarkey, who had had two winning seasons, one playoff appearance, one playoff win. Uh, seemed to you know after after some terrible years with Ken Wisenhunt, seemed like uh, seemed like he had this team moving in in a really good direction. I think you could say she made the right move then in in hiring Mike Vrabel. Uh, now she she's going to have to do it again, and and I think it's going to be uh, she's created a harder act to follow uh, in in this uh, in this case. John, we've seen some names already reported that the uh, that the Titans are interested in interviewing. Among them, Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Raiders head coach, interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, uh, Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator, uh, Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, Giants offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. I mean, clearly they're they're moving quickly, and, and Amy Adams-Strunk had, had suggested that, you know, that was part of her thinking she wanted to move quickly in this. Uh, anybody in that, in that initial group here who jumps out to you is – as somebody who might be a good fit here. There, I think there are new, um, and I, I should add to that list, um, uh, just recently is reported that uh, Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, uh, there's also a request out to interview him. He is one of the hottest uh, candidates out there for, for sure. Um, I think Ben Johnson uh, is, is maybe top of the list. You know, to, to me, I, I think, and I know Amy Adams Strong said she was going to keep an open mind. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily going to be an offensive-minded guy uh, that that takes over here. But I, I think logic sort of dictates it that way. Um, that uh, you know, you, you bring in an offensive-minded guy. You've you've got a young quarterback who needs molding. Uh, you need an offensive line that needs massive retooling. You've got an offense that was terrible, you know, near the bottom of the league for two straight years. So I think the more minds uh, you get in there to to retool this offense, if you can get a guy who's who's been an OC and he brings in another guy too, the more the better as far as offense goes. So I think Ben Johnson, um, you know, when you look at what the Lions offense has done the last two years under him, um, this year, uh, third in total offense, second in pass, fifth in the run in 2022, they had 4,000 passing yards, 1,000 running yards, first time in franchise history. I think he would be a guy that I'd really take a long look at. Um, Brian Callahan has been the Bengals' OC for five years, uh, obviously done great work with uh, with Joe Burrow. Uh, they were top 10 points 
21-22 before Burrow got uh, hurt this year. Uh, he actually, Brian Callahan, actually interviewed for the Titans' offensive coordinator back when Mike Brabel first came here um, and gave the job to Matt LaFleur. So a little little uh, small connection there, perhaps, with the owner who got to know him. Uh, so I think he would be a good one. Mike Kafka is is an odd name. You know, Titans fans aren't too impressed by it, but they probably should be. The, you, you think New York Giants offensive coordinator, you think, what? You know, the, the Giants were terrible this year, but he was very good in his first year there, 2022 Giants actually won a playoff game behind Daniel Jones. Um, and but his background is, is what's uh, even maybe even more impressive. He was the Chiefs quarterback's coach for, I think, three or four years, passing game coordinator there for a year or two, did, did great work there. And, and the last guy maybe that I like a lot that, that um, is on the list right now, uh, Mike McDonald, if I have to get one defensive guy, the Ravens defensive coordinator for the last couple of years. They've been a top 10 defense year before that. He was Michigan's defensive coordinator. They were number three defense in the country. He's a young guy. Uh, so he's, he's uh, interesting too. He would have to bring in a very good offensive coordinator, obviously to turn things around here. Those names of the ones so far we've seen reported as, as candidates, those were the ones that struck me. Denard, we, we talked earlier about the fact that Rand Carthen on Tuesday was went out of his way to not set any parameters in in terms of you know what characteristics or what sort of background they they might be looking for in this search uh, as you look at it what what attributes does this team need in its next head coach and and does anybody among these early list of of interviewees jump out at you as maybe that guy yeah, well, you know, I live down here in Dallas, David, and, you know, there's nothing big or bigger going on other than the Cowboys. But when you look at this Cowboys team, um, that defense that they're putting up, they put on the field this year, they've been amazing. And their defensive coordinator, I'm, I'm a big fan of his, and that is Dan Quinn. I think he's one of the best defensive mind, mind uh, coaches in the business. And what was interesting, I read a report uh, that Jerry Jones has adjusted his contract. But what happened, excuse me, what's happening is that Dan Quinn openly admitted that he's ready to uh, be a head coach again. So I, I just love that name. And when you I had a chance to uh, listen to Mrs. Stronker at the interview, and what was amazing, she says she's not looking for a certain type, you know, a lot of these teams are going towards the Mike McDaniels, the Cal Shanahan, these young coaches, very vibrant, vibrant, energetic, uh, creative. But if you look at it, she says she was looking for some diversity. She was looking for something different. Who's going to have, you know, a little bit, uh, they're going to bring something to the table that fits this organization. And so when I thought about Dan Quinn, I mean, look at, you look at the second way that they played this past year. They've been kind of awful the last few years. And you look at Dan Quinn's specialty. Not, let's not forget, David, when he was the defensive coordinator in 2013 and 2014 in Seattle, he had a bunch of guys called the Legion of Boom, Sherman, uh, Cam Chancellor. And they had a chance to win two Super Bowls back-to-back. Unfortunately, the offensive coordinator got too creative. But, I mean, again, he's ready. He's listen. He understands uh, the first time around in Atlanta didn't go well, but let's not forget he did take that team in 2017. It was only a couple plays away from winning a Super Bowl against New England. Yeah, that, that's right. They had the uh, they had the big halftime lead, a uh, a team with uh, with a, a, a 
you know, or a, a guy, I guess, with a lot of experience as a head coach, um, you know, Mike Vrabel certainly had none that, you know, that, that doesn't seem to be, you know, he, neither here nor there in terms of what, where her preference might lie for that. The, the one guy, you know, John, you mentioned Brian Callahan and, and the work he's done in Cincinnati. I, I'll say this. I'm always skeptical of offensive coordinators who have great quarterbacks because I think great quarterbacks can make anybody look good. I call it the Adam Gase effect. You know, like Adam Gase got a, got head coaching interest and in, in eventually a job or two because he was Peyton Manning's def- offensive coordinator in in his years in De- his first couple of years in Denver. Like, what was Adam Gase teaching Peyton Manning about offense at that point? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like what what did anybody think that this guy's doing so revolutionary that oh look how good Peyton Manning is playing? Right? I, I mean, Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow's going to be a great quarterback whoever his uh, his coordinator is. So I, I'd be I'd be a little. Uh, a little leery about that. I think, uh, I think the Antonio Pierce thing is interesting. I think, uh, you know, the, the feeling is, is likely that he's going to remain with the Raiders, but it, uh, it, it certainly suggests if he's willing to come here and interview that he is not, he's not convinced that he's going to get that job and he's either legitimately pursuing other options or trying to put pressure on on Raiders owner Mark Davis to uh to give him that position. Pierce seems to me like a guy who would be very much in the in the Mike Vrabel vein. If you if you're looking for some measure of continuity with a change, I think Antonio Pierce is your guy, a guy who was a a really good, really accomplished player doesn't have a huge coaching history at this point but uh but even when he was a player was regarded as kind of a coach on the field that sort of thing uh you know a guy that players seem like they're ready to run through the proverbial wall for he's uh he's really interesting to me we'll we'll see how uh we'll see how quickly this thing goes uh and 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 how it plays out but uh uh Certainly big changes coming in. It, it, it is interesting to note too, uh, you know, I, it, it seems that right now that nobody on the current staff, you know, no Shane Bowen, no, uh, no Terrell Williams, who of course got the, uh, the, the, the one game assignment in the preseason. There, there's, they're, they're definitely looking for fresh ideas and, and input to, to take over this team going forward and not just small changes, I think. Um, David, yes, can I ask John a question? There was a name that surfaced, and I and I kept thinking, and I was thinking about this earlier. And I want I want you to answer this for me. How about Arthur Smith? You're talking about familiarity with this program with Mrs. Strunk, and you're talking about what he put back in 2019 uh, when he took over from Matt Lafleur that offensive coordinator role. You don't think that uh, Arthur Smith would to Tennessee? I I don't think so. I just think um, the simple reason I, th- I think it would be a tough sell right now. You know, Arthur Smith kind of got his chance as a head coach, and and you know it, it didn't go well. I mean, it wasn't awful. Um, and and Arthur Smith was always kind of hamstrung by the fact that they, he didn't have the franchise quarterback there. Matt Ryan was at the end of the line. You know, Marcus Mariota was no was not the answer. Desmond Ritter has not proven the answer. Um, but I just don't think, you know, I, I think maybe if anything, uh, one, one 
you know, uh, one tidbit Rand Carthen did mention yesterday was that, that you know, fans enjoy seeing the team score all the points and, uh, you know, and so forth. So maybe the, the, the Titans are, are angling slightly away from, from kind of the, the style that they've had under a Mike Vrabel, you know, which included the Arthur Smith kind of, uh, you know, style of offense. So I, w- I think Arthur Smith will obviously coach again, and I, I think he'll be a great offensive coordinator, but I think he'd be a tough sell right right now as head coach coming off three losing records. And, and I, I think, I think too, if, if, Maybe if John Robinson was still the GM, or if if one of his guys, say Ryan Cowden, had gotten the job as as his replacement, then you know maybe. But but Rand Carthens, you know, he doesn't have a relationship with Arthur Smith. I think it's uh, I, I think I think that works against him too. I, I think the expectation is, you know, wherever Mike Vrabel goes, Arthur Smith is going to be his uh, his offensive coordinator. Which which brings me to my next question: as as we're recording this. There are six other head coaching jobs open. The New England Patriots are not one of them, but there's, you know, that the, there's still, I don't think, any clarity about Bill Belichick's future. So if if we're looking at this, John, um, do you expect Mike Vrabel to be coaching again this season? And, and where do you think is his most likely destination right now? I do. I expect him to be coaching, you know, with, with so many openings and, and with the fact that he that he had a proven track record, even though the last two years didn't go well, I, I think he will be coaching again soon. Um, and I, I find it hard not to think he will be uh, in New England. Now, obviously, Bill Belichick is still there, you know, and then the reports that we've gotten this week have kind of been to, to the effect that, uh, you know, he's having ongoing conversations uh, with with uh, Bob Kraft there, uh, and and we'll see how all this goes. But my guess uh, is that those conversations are going to be sped up a little bit right now uh, because Mike Vrabel is available, uh, and I think Robert Kraft is, is going to hire Mike Vrabel after he uh, dispatches with with Bill Belichick. You know, we all saw uh, what a chummy scene it was earlier this season when Mike Vrabel. Uh, went up to be inducted into the, into the Patriots, uh, you know, Hall of Fame up there, and and spent the day in his in his nice red blazer and shared time in the suite with uh, with Robert Kraft, and um, you know, I I think clearly Mike Vrabel has a has a very very deep connection to the organization. I think Robert Kraft is is a big fan of Mike Vrabel's. That's that's where I think he ends up. Denard, what what about you? Do you see New England as the logical landing spot, or uh, or can you see him somewhere else? It's it's New England, mm-hmm. and I think it'd be a great fit for him up in New England. So I, I was thinking earlier, God, what a coincidence! You know, it's time for the seventy one year old Bill Belichick to go ahead and hang it up. If if Nick Saban can put it down, I think Bill Belichick can go ahead and put it down as well. <laughs> that, that that wouldn't that be something if Saban and and uh, and Belichick are are both out within uh, within days or hours of one another. The only thing I would say to that is, I, I I never got the sense that that Mike Vrabel would be interested in in sort of you know continuing what Bill Belichick built there in New England. I, I always I always got the sense that that. You know, Vrabel wanted to sort of create his own legacy, and and he, he you know, it's obviously not going to happen here in Tennessee now. But uh, but I also think the way this thing has played out this week might 
might open his eyes to the fact that you know ownership and clarity of vision and and all that other stuff is is critically important to your chances to succeed and he knows all that stuff is in place in New England and and that that probably that job does look a little more uh, appealing to him right now uh, it it certainly it, it you know none of the other jobs i i would say I would say, look, you know, where you say, oh, yeah, Mike Vrabel has to have that one. The the only thing I could think is maybe if he's if he's angry and and a little bit uh, a little bit bitter about the way this thing played out, maybe he sits out a year, makes them pay him for doing nothing and then uh, and then sees what opens up a year from now and and takes a, uh, you know, and maybe maybe he even gets some if maybe Belichick wants one more year to try and, and and turn the Patriots around and Robert Kraft asks asks him, you know, hey, just just sit out, take your time and uh and and we'll see how it goes. But uh as we as we come to the end of this thing, we we shouldn't uh we shouldn't uh, completely ignore Sunday's victory over Jacksonville. Uh, uh, Derrick Henry had his best game of the year. Ryan Tannehill goes out with uh with one last performance one last win deandre hopkins hits a couple of uh contractual milestones that got him an extra half million dollars uh uh denard does that does that make guys feel better going into the off season or is is six and eleven six and eleven no matter how you slice it it's six and eleven no how no matter how you slice it but you know what i was proud of this team david because they went out there and competed. Most teams, when, when they have nothing to play for, I've watched a lot of teams quit, and there was no quit in this team. What, what was kind of crazy is that, and this, this could just be me, but offensively, that was the best that I've seen this team other than the Atlanta game. I mean, how they started and well into the third quarter when they came out in the third quarter. Remember I talked about how you start the third quarter is how you usually finish a game. I mean, 28 points in the first three quarters. I mean, when the last time we seen that? It was the Atlanta game. Yeah, and and it was it was you know we we beat on the offensive line all year here. Give those guys credit. They they blocked well. They you know Derrick Henry had holes to run through. They uh, you know they were in favorable down and distance situations most of the day. It 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 sort of left you with the sense of well, what if you know if if these guys can be that good on that particular day against an opponent that had so much to play for? Why couldn't they have been? you know, better, if if not that good, at least better for much of the year and, and what could have happened. And, and, and John, you know, Derrick Henry addressed the crowd briefly on, on his way off the field. It, it, you get this, do you get any sense that, that there's a chance he comes back or does, does he know, I mean, Ryan Tannehill certainly said, this was my last game here. I, you know, I knew exactly it. Derrick Henry wasn't as definitive, but you think, uh, you think his actions speak loudly in that regard? I, I think so. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, if you watched his, uh, his little time with the, with the media there afterwards as well, Derrick Henry, uh, went through a list of of banks that that would have uh, you know impressed anyone at the uh, the Oscars or the Academy Awards. He, he thanked virtually everyone in the Titans organization, literally to the extent that he thanked a guy named Bob for getting him the avocados for his toast on a regular basis. So Bob got a shout out there. 
um, but uh, yeah, it, it certainly had the look and feel of a uh, of a finale. You know, one of one of the things that Derrick Henry said was that you know I uh, I, I want a Super Bowl ring. You know, I'm 30. This is my eighth year in the league. I, I want a ring more than anything. Let's be honest, Titans aren't on the verge of, of getting a Super Bowl right now. So one part of Derrick Henry, I think, would, would certainly love to come back to Nashville. He's always loved it here. The other part, you know, probably says, I got to make a business decision and find a, a better team. And Rand Carthen said yesterday, door is never closed. He had a conversation with Derrick Henry, said it went well. So it, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, but I think it's doubtful that, that Derrick Henry is back. Yeah, yeah. To your point, it it, it certainly it, it felt like a finale on on several fronts. Sunday, uh, as it turned out, it was it was Mike Rabel's finale as well. So uh, the the twenty twenty three season is is now complete, and it will uh, it will close a chapter for this franchise, which will undoubtedly and this team will undoubtedly look dramatically different in 2024 we will uh we will be back next week to uh to update and address what uh what has what takes place in the coaching search over the next seven days until then denard thanks as always you thank you john all right thanks guys and thank you all for listening as always to believe in tight Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.